What's up, Fight Fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest and greatest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Monday, March 13th, 2023, and this week's episode, The Homecoming of King Edwards. We'll be talking about a very stacked weekend in MMA, UFC Las Vegas, Bellator 292, and we will cap it off by talking about this Saturday's upcoming pay-per-view, UFC 286, Leon Edwards taking on Kamaru Usman in the rubber match and the co-main event between Justin Gaethje and Rafael Viziv. I am Gabriel Gonzalez. Natalie is out of town and I'm joined by my co-host from Cageside Press. You know him as the host of Cageside Live, Keyboard Warriors, and quite frankly, a pretty chill boss, if I may say so, Mr. Eddie Law. Eddie, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate the invite and the intro, man. That's pretty, uh, <laughs> I haven't heard it like that in a while, so I appreciate it, man. No, well, thank you for being here. Um, I, Look, we'll have a lot of time to talk about what's it like to actually work together, mm-hmm. which, you know, outside of, I believe, Alex Behunin, you're the only other cage side person I've ever actually brought onto the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing wrong with everybody else. It's just that, you know, it doesn't happen that often. So we'll talk a lot about the ins and outs of the business later. Uh, first of all, let's start with Saturday. I know you kind of got it a little bit tape delay. You watched mm-hmm. it, you know, when you had time. What was your reaction to the event overall? Because a lot of fans really did enjoy it. It was actually a lot of fun, man. And, and I'm I'm one of those people that goes, you know, when people say oh, I hate Apex cards and all that, I'm the I'm the one that goes, I love Apex cards. I don't know why, dude. I just do. Um, but man, you know, being able to see a fight night you know, obviously on TV, but a fight night with actual fans in there, like you could tell the fans like hype, you know, hype the fighters up. I mean, plenty of, you know, it was a lot of action on on, uh, on Saturday night. So it was actually a, a lot of fun. And it ended up being a, a really good card. Yeah, it's the renovated, uh, the Pearl at the Palms venue, if I'm not mistaken, now the theater at the Virgin Hotel. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to act like I know exactly what happened, if they just changed mm-hmm. ownership or they tore it down and rebuilt it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought the fans really added that element. I thought the fighters really delivered personally as well. Uh, so I think it was overall a really fun event to watch. Uh, to talk about that main event, though, I mean, I think the story really just begins and ends with the pace of Marab Devalishvili. We know what Peter Jan brings to the table. We know how experienced he is. We know how battle-tested he is. We've seen him take out some elite-level opponents and to just see Marab, one, keep up that ridiculous pace for all 25 minutes, and two, just how effective he was in shutting down a guy like Peter. I mean, Peter had his moments. I don't feel like he was ever truly out of that fight until later in the fight, you know, later in the match. But really, just to see him just struggle to get to a guy like Marab, when you know how technical Peter is and... With respect to Marab, I think leading up to this, I wouldn't have said if they go on the feet for as much as they do, Marab wins this fight. I don't think I would have said that before I watched it. To see what he was able to do, very impressed. Definitely earned a lot of the praise that he's getting this Monday. What were your thoughts on his performance? You know, the the thing that stands out from the entire fight, besides the pace of Marab, is how, like, I want to say scared, but how wary of the takedown Piotr Young was, right? So uh, what Marab was doing a lot is he would attack these single legs. But first of all, Marab never goes double. Like, not never, but rarely goes to double, a double uh, double leg takedown. If he does, it's usually chained behind a single leg or, you know, or high crotch or whatever. But 
Marab was threatening that single leg so much. And he would, it got to the point where he would just fake like he was going for it and he would strike with Piotr. And it threw Piotr off so badly. Like his timing was so off that he just, it seemed like he never got anything going. But dude, 49 takedown attempts from Marab, like 49 just attempts. Like it was like, the number was crazy. Like in two rounds, it was like 22 in two rounds. It was, it was a, a nutty performance just on that. But he used the takedown. Obviously, he got, he got what, 11 of those takedowns, something like that. Yeah. But the fact that he landed like 11 of those had Jan so nervous about getting taken down again that he wasn't firing off like he normally does. He was like super wary. He's just looking at the knees, looking up at Marab, looking at, looking at his legs, to trying to see where, you know, what the foot placement was, if, you know, to see if that, uh, that shot was coming or not. So, um, honestly, I, I call it a clinic by Marab. To me, it was, it was the way. If you have wrestling style, you know, a wrestling style, the way to make a fight honestly exciting. I enjoyed every second of that fight. Yeah, I, I want to acknowledge I did see Peter Jan's uh, IG post. I mean, it might have gone up in like the last hour, but mm -hmm. he, he essentially did say like he didn't have the best. Uh, I don't know. He was he, he said he essentially was a little compromised, but he went out there expecting to do better. Um, so acknowledge that. Okay, he addressed it. Was that Peter Jan even in a loss's best performance? Obviously not. But you know, when you go out there, it is what it is, right? And I feel like Peter Jan had enough moments where you felt like he would have been able to pull it out if he was going to. If he was a little hurt, then that's just on him to come back. Obviously, in his next fight. But yeah, I don't think that very many guys would have gotten out of there with a win the way Marab was fighting on Saturday. I agree with you there. Um, which obviously now has been the topic of discussion. Where do you go with a guy who I believe is now on a nine-fight win streak? You have the title fight is scheduled for May, but you already have essentially the man on deck in Sean O'Malley. You have potentially another guy on deck coming up in Chito Vera. I mean, Eddie, what are your thoughts on this one? If you're Marab Devalishvili, just what should he do? Even if it's just, I want him to forget his friendship. I want him to go at Al Jermaine if he wins in the first round. I, I look, I, I'm, I'm one of those that's bummed out that him and Aljo are teammates because that would be, first of all, that'd be an amazing fight, right? Between Aljo and Marab. That'd be nuts. Like, I would love to see what their sparring sessions are like because you can just imagine, you know, the kind of scrambles they get into and the kind of strike game they, uh, they, they display. But, but you're right. Look, if Marab doesn't want to fight Aljo, which is what he said he doesn't want to do. Uh, you know, because uh, I think I think and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Aljo say that you know in a couple more fights he'll move up to like 45? I think correct. All right, so then waiting for that, right? Or if Sahudo, you know, Sahudo beats Aljo and they don't do an immediate rematch for whatever reason, you know, they go O'Malley or they go Marab. Either way, you know, you can't go wrong. But Marab's got plenty of options, man. Uh, I'm intrigued by that Chito, uh, the Chito Vera fight. A lot of people are saying Chito doesn't have a chance. I don't agree with that at all. But it would be a, a crazy firefight between those two guys and uh, i mean other than that you know I, I don't know why not call out sean o'malley you know what i mean like that 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 was a title fight a few months now from now yeah may 6th yeah may 6th you know you can't no one's going to guarantee that that the winner doesn't come out with an injury you know at least call out sean o'malley you shot you know, o'malley's smart he's not going to take that that fight but at least call him out and, and uh you know shoot what does it say shoot for the star or shoot for the for the for the moon, you know, landing the stars or whatever, go with that. But uh, I don't know. Marab's sitting pretty, but uh, you know, only only reason he ain't getting a title shot right now is because of because uh, Aljo's a champ and that's his boy. Yeah, you know, when I see that, and I I heard Dana White's comments, and I got to be very real with you. When I think about what just happened to Yuri Prohashka, 
when I think about if you remember TJ Grant, you know, had a title shot locked up, injures himself, never fights again. And you have a guy who's performing the way Marab is. I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel like he is playing with a lot of fire. Anything could happen. You have a slip up, you get hurt, and you are on the kind of win streak. Most guys don't even get to a five, six fight win streak in UFC, if we're being very real with you. I mean, even guys getting title shots off of four fight, five fights. The fact that you've gotten this many in a division like Bantamweight, and you are performing the way you are against the guys that you have, you know, to me, that that is very, you know, this story could end in tragedy, to be quite honest with you, for Marab. And, you know, in hindsight, he might say, I should have just told Aljo we're both going to make money and be over it, you know? But look, I, all right, I respect it, you know, the friendship with Aljamain. I've seen them both. I've seen Aljo wear the papaka. I see Marab there for his guy. You know, completely appreciate it as a, you know, as a person. Knowing the business and all that, I do get where Dana White is coming from. Letting other lower-ranked guys jump over you because you're waiting for Aljo to leave. It's a dangerous game. Stylistically now, competitively, I, I like a potential fight with Chito Vera if Chito beats Corey Sanhagen. Hell, I like a fight with Corey Sanhagen. That's also yeah. another fun fight for Marab. So he does have options out there. For the record, I I'm with you. Call out Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley knows he is sitting pretty. He is not going to take nothing. He will wait a year and a half to get his next title shot. He already has had long layoffs. He's still a young kid. I think that Sean O'Malley knows that unless they're offering the undisputed title because someone left or you have like a year situation, why wait? He already locked it in. He would be the greatest. You know, Contender Series is already, you know, people don't talk about it that much. It is the best uh, kind of lure for all of these up-and-coming fighters on the free agent market. And Sean O'Malley is a big part of that. I think that he knows UFC loves him. I know that they like the idea of promoting him as, hey, if you're an up-and-coming fighter receiving deals from Bellator, one, PFL, just remember, you could be a Sean O'Malley. Young kid came up, did his thing, and now you're getting all of this because of the UFC platform. I think he knows that he's not going to risk the title shot. He knows he's got back to Marab. Probably going to try to target a guy like a Chito or Corey later this year. But if you ask me if Henry Cejudo takes that belt from Aljo, I think he should not even wait. I think he should even push his friend Aljamain Sterling aside. Like, hey, sit down, man. I got this. And just face off with Henry in the cage right there. I think he should just shoot a shot right there because... I would hate for him after all of this work to not even get a shot at gold because he was quite bluntly being very chivalrous about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right on that. And, and honestly, Marab should, you know, if, if that happens, I'm not a huge fan of these and I call them, you know, WWE style theatrics, but I'm a husband with you. If, you know, Aljo loses, Marab's going to be in his corners. Just jump in there, you know, and, and not, you know, start a scuffle with Henry you know, but call him out and do, you know, make a viral moment, right? I mean, even if you do, you know, start a scuffle with Henry, like make a viral moment. That's the only way you're going to take other than if Sean O'Malley gets injured. That's the only way, only way you're going to jump over Sean O'Malley to get that title shot, right? But it's a nice story. All right, cool. Aljo loses. Henry's the champion. Aljo can't, you know, they don't do a meet a rematch. Marab wants to smoke. Uh, you know, he's coming in to get revenge for his boy. It's 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 kind of a nice well-written story already, you know, as far as storylines go right there. But, um... I wonder, like, if, if Aljo wins, right, against Henry, if 
if there's any amount of money, because I don't think I think Marab is, is a very principled guy, right? I don't think you could offer that guy enough money to you know to to set aside you know his loyalty and his friendship and and, and all, with all those guys over at, at at Longo, right? But I wonder, and I'm not saying anything about Aljo, but Aljo's not dumb. I wonder how many dollar signs you could offer Aljo to where Aljo goes, all right, Marab, let's just put it aside and fight. You know what I mean? Like that'd be that'd be interesting to me. You are not wrong. Part of me feels like, uh, ironically, though, more money would be in fighting Sean O'Malley anyway for Aljo. Yeah. And yeah. but I, I I completely get where you're coming from. I I don't disagree with you on that for sure. But yeah, I just think even Aljo knows, like, yeah, no offense, Marab, but I also <laughs> want to make Sean O'Malley money. So. Right. Right. But yeah, look, I mean, wait and see. This is still two months out. A lot can happen before then, knock on wood. So we'll go from there. Um, to highlight some of those finishes on the main card, Alexander Volkov, well, one, he won the Battle of the Alexanders at heavyweight, just really throttled Alexander Romanov. First off, Volkov's a veteran. He's actually one of my favorite heavyweights to watch just because he is so, he just makes it look so good. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch his five-rounder with Cyril Gaon. That was such a technically beautiful fight for the heavyweights, and I just really am a fan of watching his game. But he throttled Romanov. I've seen the photos. Romanov weighing in on his previous fight, looked more shredded. This fight did not, to put it politely. Uh, I really, one, whatever happened with Romanov, he has been very mum about it, so I'm going to not speculate. But Volkov just looked great. I think that he reminded people that he is still a guy who poses a lot of problems. What about you? Yeah, so Volkov was gone for what, like nine months? So I hit a hit a hit a decently long, a decent length of a layoff there. Yeah, after the loss uh, to Aspinall, right? Yeah. yeah. So he had a nice long layoff, and he did say, it, you know, in media day that he had been working on his wrestling. So I wasn't surprised he's able to stop that one takedown that Romanov tried. But Romanov just looked off, man. And you're right, physically, it's not the same guy. He's 20 pounds over what he used to be. Um, he didn't look as anywhere as, uh, you know, and again, we're talking heavyweight, so he didn't look as quick or as fast as he did it before. You know, I I, I would speculate injury, right? Like, because like again, the way he moved, it was just like, it looked like a guy that hadn't even been on the on the treadmill very, you know, very long at all. Like he had no cardio whatsoever. And then, um, you know, what they don't talk about in heavyweight, uh, unless you're a pretty good grappler, a heavyweight, or, you know, a jiu-jitsu specialist, a heavyweight, like a Frank Mir or something where you can sweep somebody, um, speaking from experience as a heavyweight in jiu-jitsu, not in MMA, but in jiu-jitsu, uh, when you get another heavyweight on top of you, that's like the worst possible scenario because it's very hard to get another heavyweight off you. I don't care how strong you are. It's uh, it's it's a pain. So once Romanov ended up on bottom and he was just eating shots, you know, Volkov's arms are ridiculously long. He was going under the armpit, you know, doing the little uppercuts to the head. And and uh, that fight probably went a, like a tiny bit too long, but... Dude, I don't know. You tell me. You, I mean, to me, it looked like Romanov didn't show up. Like he almost seemed unprepared. Yeah, I don't want to say like it was a Derek Minner situation, but mm-hmm. it had to be something like he was hurt. He couldn't train, but he needed the money, which mm-hmm. that that breaks my heart to hear a guy in the, that position. But it's like I can only talk about what I saw with my eyes. And that just did not look like the same guy. The commentary said as much. Yeah. And, and with, with, uh, with Romanov, though, it's like uh you know, it's he just he looked unprepared. He looked injured, and and the one thing a heavyweight is is everyone's got power, right? You could always land that overhand right, put your opponent out. So I, I understand why he went through with it if he was injured, especially obviously with many situations. Like, look, guys, heavyweight, 
I could land a shot and knock him out and be all right. But uh, but you're right. It's it's a sad thing to have to uh, take that in consideration that you know somebody might need the money. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, I- I'm sure he'll make a statement soon or, you know, mm-hmm. before his last fight, I think he will be uh, asked about it. In terms of Volkov, I mean, he's fought so many of the guys, obviously, already at heavyweight. Um, I'm not saying this one, you know, put him on the John Jones radar. That being said, I mean, people talked about Tuivasa. He said, I don't like that just because Ty is coming off a loss. He did talk about revisiting Cyril Ghosn. Um what was it called? I actually thought Sergey Spivak, although Spivak, I know he's probably feeling is, you know, he's maybe feeling, could he sneak into one of these bigger fights after knocking out Derek Lewis? But I actually thought Spivak might make more sense. It's a new fight, if I'm not mistaken, for both of them looking at their record. So I feel like you could really do a lot with that. But um, look, if he really wants to run it back with Cyril Ghosn, I feel like the timing isn't bad for that fight either. What about you? I'd be happy with that one. I would I would love to see that one run back. You know, he was talking about he wants to get, you know, the, 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 get the fights back, get revenge. I don't know how it translates from, you know, from Russian from uh, to you know to English, but he wants, you know, to do this whole revenge thing. So it's like, yeah, get him the Cyril Gone fight. It's a good fight for Gone. You're talking the number eight, what number eight ranked heavyweight, just got another finish in the first round, and it was nicely done. He looked good. Uh he's healthy, he's ready to go. Uh Cyril Gone obviously is probably dealing with a couple things. Who knows? But and who knows, you know, psychologically what he's doing, but but uh, I would love to see that that fight run back, or the uh, like you said the uh, um, shoot what's the fight you mentioned Spivak fight. The thing about him is he was just a backup for two eighty five, right? So he probably feels like you know no, that was Pavlovich. Played, that was Pavlovich. I messed other up Sergey, yeah, other Sergey. You're right. Okay, I'm I'm a big fan of Pavlovich. That dude is a truck. Okay, that guy is a truck. Okay, all right. Let's see. I would have said Pavlovich, but remember Pavlovich, they got him for Curtis Blades next month. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's a good point. Yeah. No, so you're right. Yeah. All right. Let's do a spearback then. If it's not if not gone spearback, but I would prefer gone. Get that one back and it's a win over a guy that just fought for the title. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think if if they go with gone, I think they'll do Tom Aspinall's gotta be coming back soon, right? I think I that would so. line up perfectly for Spivak, like late spring, early summer. So uh, there we go. We fixed their problem. Pay <laughs> SEOC. There you go, for sure. Um, you know what? Uh, Nikita Krilov, two weeks later, uh, low key, this was worth the wait. Just, you know, what, how long did they fight? Roughly like three and a half, four minutes. And they just, you ever seen like those videos of like the two cats who hate each other and they just, claws <laughs> and fur? That's what that felt like. Ryan went at him, Krilov went back at him. They took it to the ground. They kept going at each other. Scramble, sub, scramble, sub. Uh, personally, that was a very beautiful four minutes of MMA. I loved it. Um, obviously, Krilov gets that triangle span, kind of makes that tactical air, gets him out of there. I think this is made all the more impressive by the fact that Krilov was obviously the one who had to pull out of their fight at the 11th hour last two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I, I just enjoyed it. What about you? It, w- it was awesome, dude. Like the, um, and again, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just too heavyweight. So I, I love when the, uh, the higher weight guys, the bigger dudes get into scrambles and um, you know, no one thinks about the of span as like, as like technical on the ground. He looked really good. It was sweeping, fighting everything. He had that guillotine he had it uh, earlier in the fight in the round. He had that guillotine on Krilov, and that sh- that was tight. Like that was tight. And, and when you see somebody start pulling their like Trump pulling at their head, almost like their neck is like bending a little too much. That means it's tight, and they're just trying to fight out of it. 
Kurloff found a space, survived, got out. And then uh, in the scramble, here's the thing, though. Span was the one that uh, that's that got out from under, right? And then he drops right on top into a triangle. That's the thing about, for example, when you face wrestlers in jiu-jitsu, if it's a new guy especially, you know, wrestlers are very much push, 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 push. And they fought the triangles like it's nothing. It's almost hilarious to do it. But um, but Span fell right into it, and and uh, it was like a couple seconds, and he got the tap. It was uh, it was beautifully done, and and again, you know, almost like uh, you know, almost poetic justice for Kirlov, who, like you said, pulled out last fight. You know, he told the whole story about the, the not having a refrigerator in his hotel. Which who what hotel does not have a refrigerator? Like I would I would have thrown the name of the hotel out there. Like don't go here. They don't got a fridge. That's bull. But um, remember, it's the one the UFC puts him at. <laughs> Ooh, hey Dana, what? What? Come on, dude, you got people hey, to do this. You couldn't, yeah. You so you tell me someone, you know, one of the handlers couldn't bring over a mini fridge. Come on, no. Oh, and no. it was a Josh Parisian, uh, because I covered I covered him last uh, his last Apex card. Um, Josh Parisian said uh that he didn't. I mean, he said he didn't know that he can get an Airbnb. Like he, Josh Parisian, needs to get on Twitter, on Instagram, and say it for the people in the back. Cause I guarantee Kralov would have loved to hear that a couple weeks ago, but um, but you know, is what it is. Kralov looks good, and and I and again, and I was uh I was watching a show. I forgot the name of it, but it was like a, it's a small podcast on YouTube. I like to watch all the you know the unknowns because you know you find you know kind of diamonds in the rough in there. But um, they were talking about how oh it's it's a three round fight from a five round fight. Span's gonna go in there. He's gonna pop him with a jab and knock him out. And I kept telling him, uh, Kralov can crack. Okay, don't. Don't play. I was in the comments, like yelling my head off, like Krillup can hit, and he hit Span. Like Span came at him, Krillup went right back at him, landed a couple of knees up top, and then it was at one point he had uh, Span's back standing, right? He had like the the body lock from behind, and he throws a, a kick to the head and hits Span in the face with his toe, and I could not stop laughing when I saw that. But now once I hit the ground, it was beautiful, man. Beautiful finish too. No, yeah, a lot of fun to watch on that one for sure. Like. Uh, that was another one. I was like, you know, I, I to be honest, I thought they were going to stand a lot longer. I thought I that, you know, the way stylistically they like to fight most of the time. But yeah, beautiful, you know, groundwork from both of them um, with Krilov two fight win streak. He's obviously in the, you know, the nicer half of the rankings at light heavyweight. Uh, the thing that I'm looking at this, I mean, you look at Jamal. Obviously, their hope is that they can make that fight with Yuri up next. And obviously that's. Uh, that's all dependent on just how well does Yuri actually recover and heal from that shoulder surgery. I know he called out Jan Blahovich. I mean, Alexander Rokic looked good against Blahovich also before he got hurt, depending mm. on when Rokic comes back. Magomed Ankalaev. I'm sorry, but if they're so focused on Jamal and Yuri, I would call out Magomed right now because if you ask me, Magomed's the 1B to Yuri to fight Jamal next. I thought... He was on his way to winning that fight against Blahovich. Obviously, it ended in a draw. Um, I, I just feel like that fight makes the most sense. I feel like if Yuri's not ready, it's going to go to Magomed. So if UFC is focused on that, I would turn the crosshairs on Magomed just to help your own cause. Outside of that, okay, Blahovich, if you feel like he's more, you know, what's the word I'm trying to say, realistic, then all right, I don't hate that fight stylistically either. Rockic coming off injury. Uh, what's his timetable? Let's find out about it. But if I was Krilov, I would really go for Magomed because the UFC making Jamal and Yiri face off at 285 last week, I'm like, everything says to me they're not thinking about Magomed. You could probably put pressure to get that fight. What about you? 
No, I agree with that. You know, he could put pressure to get that fight for sure. Now, with Magomed, oh, I have to correct me if I'm wrong somewhere, but I'm pretty sure him and uh, Krilov and, and, and Magadan Kalev are boys, but not close enough boys to where they wouldn't fight for the right, you know, for like a number one contender fight. Because I think that's what Krilov would want, right? Number one contender fight. So yeah. I know I'm, I'm on Magomed, dude, because like I said, I, if it wasn't Magomed, if Rockets was healthy, I like Alexander Rockets a lot. That dude is a lot of fun. So I would like to see him and Krilov go in. For a number one contender fight, but uh, I think Anthony Smith is booked. I want to say, yeah, with Johnny Walker, yeah, and that is a hell of a fight too. Jeez, I, I can't wait for that fight. But um, now for Krilov, I'm with you. Crosshairs on Ankalaev, poke at him if you need to. Whatever you got to do, put him aside the friendship. Call him on the side if you want to. Like, hey man, let's go have lunch and tell him like, hey bro, look, this is nothing personal. Number one contender fight. Do you want the title? I do too. Let's let's just fight it out, and we'll just uh, we'll let bygones be bygones after the fight. But uh. Uh, but yeah, no, he's uh, Krilov looked really good, and and he's got plenty of yeah, do you know to get the push in there if Yuri's not ready, because Yuri's talking about was when after he got hurt, like not long after he got hurt, he's like I'll be back in six months. Yeah, like, I don't know how long it's been, but that's a hard, you know, injury to come back from. Like, like you know, we both know somebody that was in the room when it happened, and the way he described it was just, it was pretty bad. So, you know, I, I, if I'm here, if I'm the UFC, I tell you, hey, dude, just relax. Like you're okay. Like just relax. Wait it out, you know, get healthy and, and fight when you're 100%. Um, but you can see Krilov sneak in there. In fact, if they do Yuri, I mean, you know, if they end up actually doing Yuri versus, versus, versus uh, Jamal, uh, I would love to see Krilov be the backup fighter for that. You know what I mean? Because that, that would be fun. I, I like where your head's at. I really like that one, too. Not for nothing, I was looking back. Uh, Ankalaev as well already fought Krilov, too. Krilov did lose that one. Okay. It's like, all right, so they've put it aside before, at least, so... He's also fought Blahovich. He's trying to get yeah, that one back. I respect it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fought a bunch of these guys, Paul Craig, uh, you know, up there. Um, yeah, I guess uh, Rockage feels more likely now. I feel like Ankalaev, he's going to pull a bit of a Sean O'Malley, though. He's going to be like, hey, you tell me, Yuri. Hey, I'm not taking nothing until you tell me Yuri's in the fight. Until I see the poster, we're not booking anything. So uh, I get that for Ankalaev. Which screws over a guy like Krilov, but they'll figure it out. They always do. Um, fun fight in UFC, you know, fun card in UFC. Friday night popped off a little bit too for Bellator. We're not gonna get as in depth into it, yeah. but obviously, Usman Nurmagomedov retires Benson Henderson. Really, just um, uh, just that age and athleticism just kind of ruled the day on that one. You had MVP just shattering knees. Like he's Kyrie Irving with the crossover. You had um obviously the Komain with the Shabli and Tofik Musayev. Shabli the it, it was just such an awkward finish, but you saw it. The midsection yeah. goes, hits the cup, but they go back and say, Yeah, he also broke the ribs, so there's no controversy there. Oh, and then Linton Vassell. I mean, you're telling me he was the light heavyweight? I mean, Moldovsky's a big healthy guy. And Linton looked just like, I don't usually use a term like this, just like a unit mm-hmm. in front of Moldovsky and just handles him, gets him out of there, puts him to sleep. That was just a fun main card for Bellator. What were your thoughts? Yeah, dude, honestly, I was surprised that I knew about it. Okay. And this is not a knock towards Bellator as a product, but I mean, how many times do we get to fight week and we're, doing, we're all discussing the guy, right, well, who's going to do this, this fight in the UFC, who's, who's covering this one? And they were like, is Bellator's weekend? Like, I've said that multiple times. So um, it was nice to know it was happening. 
but um, I, you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it sucked to see Eric Perez lose. <laughs> I didn't like that, but he's been gone for like, you know, what, two, three years, whatever it's been. Then uh, Michael Venom Page with that, with that kick, like, was like the one kick he threw, hits right on the knee, dislocates. It looked like a dislocated kneecap. I couldn't tell for sure, and I haven't heard anything official. So that was uh, that was nice to see. So now he's got a skull and a knee on his record. That's pretty nuts. <laughs> um, and he he thought, I think before the fight, he was talking about this is the number, he feels like it him and Goiti both said this is the number one contender fight. So uh, if he doesn't get a title fight next, you know, he probably gets what, Storley? Tries to run that back. Um, Linton Vassell. Linton is, is uh, he's a funny guy and he gets hyped up. Like, he's a lot of fun. But um, to see him, to see the change between, you know, the light heavyweight when he was killing himself to make, you know, to make 205 and heavyweight where he's healthy, he feels good, he moves well. Uh, he looks really good. And, and if I'm Ryan Bader... You know, I I, you know, I know I just knocked out Fedor and everything for or you know, just be yeah knocked out Fedor for a second time, but I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm facing uh, Linton Vassell for sure. Um, and yeah, dude, I, I think even watching it, you know, uh, 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 as it was happening, the kick to the sternum or whatever we're saying, it was kick to sternum or, or you know, the chest right here, the, the stomach, uh, from uh, from from Alexander to Tofik, that was that was beautifully placed, and and just the fact that it came out and hit the cup, it doesn't really matter. But a lot of people, you know, even after on Twitter and everything, because I say, you know, I'm, I'm on all over the social media thing. They're just like, oh, that was BS and stuff like that. It should have been a DQ. No, I like Musayev as much as the next guy, but relax. That was that was beautiful. And then, you know, hey, it was heartbreaking to see Benson retire like that. Um, haven't been able to see Benson locally. I, I call I call Muay Thai and MMA fights here locally in Phoenix. And he's constantly in the corner of somebody making an amateur debut. Um, you know, to see him lose in the first place and then retire right after was was uh it was heartbreaking for you know for a guy that i thought i, I was like man the storybook storybook ending beltor lightweight champion retires his champ three belts and three major, major major organizations hang his hat as one of the best to ever do it especially a lightweight that would have been nice but that that, that question mark kick that was landed on him like he went to the body first and then he went back to the body benson started defending the body kick and then he switched it that's really hard to pull off like the only guy I could think of off the top of my head that could do that as smoothly as Usman did it is like Luke Rockhold, who has a beautiful question mark kick. But um, man, he, he, I'm you know you don't see Benson get dropped too many times, and the fact that he got dropped from that, and then you know it was kind of over before he knew it was uh, was amazing to see from from uh, from Usman. Yeah, I mean, uh, I believe Usman youngest, uh, yeah, he's youngest major champion since John Jones of major organization. I mean, um. Not as young as John Jones was, but still, I mean, you get a belt in a company like that under 25, you got skills. I'll say this. I know there's a lot of hype for like AJ McKee and Bellator sh showed him the love to re-sign him. I don't see Usman making it to the free market. I think the same way that PFL all chips in on Kayla Harrison, Bellator, if wherever Usman's contract is after the Grand Prix, particularly if he wins it, I feel like they throw all the money they can at him to keep him. I don't think they let him entertain a UFC, even though I think UFC would want him, you know, the dominance MMA, Ali Abdelaziz connection and all that. I just don't see them letting him get away. And so he's in as good a position as anyone his age could be in mixed martial arts, to be honest with you. So I just like watching him. Like I said already about MVP uh, for Benson, I'm with you. I mean, when I was first getting into this, I was one of those guys, oh, UFC is on every month, and, you know, it was more sporadic that you could find it. 
but then you found WEC. And I still remember the first time I tuned in, watched him go to war live when it aired against Cowboy Cerrone. Never forget it. I watched that thing back on television. I've always been a Benson fan. I was so happy for him as a fan when he won the UFC belt because I was like, dude, I've been telling you guys he's so good. He's so chill. Um, I can imagine for you as a fellow Arizona guy, I'm with you there. Um, I can imagine that. But yeah, I mean, as many title defenses as Habib, people don't even talk about that. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, a great, seen, great lightweight. Have you looked at Benson's uh, like resume lately? No, he's fought so many killers though, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so because I'm working on it on like a little like highlight piece form, it's gonna take me probably like a month to, to put it together as like like I want it. So you know, look out for that. But um, I was looking at, I was trying to find out, you know, get clips for for from his fights and all that. Dude, wins over Jim Miller, Clay Guida, Frankie Edgar, Nate Diaz. When Nate Diaz was a 155 killer, uh, Gilbert Melendez, Josh Thompson, you know, Masvidal, Patricky Pitbull beat him. He's one on one with him. Um, Roger Huerta, like, dude, he's killers. Like you said, killers. He's fought everybody, right? And so, um, I saw someone on Twitter say that that you know it's such a mid, you know, what do you call it, whatever, a mid resume. And I was just like, mid if they fight him today, all those guys are like forty <laughs> some years old, dog. Like, relax. Like at the time when it happened, those guys were the killers, like the top of the top. The only guy. The only guy that had Benson's number was Anthony Pettis. He took his belt in WEC with the Showtime kick, and then he went to UFC and goes, hey, guess what? Give me that belt back. The only, like, not fear, but the only thought I had was watch Benson win his Grand Prix, be the champion, and all of a sudden, Anthony Pettis has the belt to him. <laughs> like, damn, dude, come on. No, I'm with you there. It, it, was, it was really wild, especially when you think about it back. Bro, like, here's the thing. People don't remember that fight with Cowboy the first time. Both mm. of them were, like, under 26, I think. Yeah. Like, And now, like, Cowboy had, Cowboy's had, like, 30-some professional fights since then. That's how early in their careers they fought. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a Gen Z talking to you, man. One, because they're calling it <laughs> mid, but two, it's yeah. like, bro, y'all put some respect on this man's name. This man used to freaking wipe the floor with your guys, you know? So, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. I get it. Love to see ben- Benson. I'm sure we'll see him around, but especially, obviously, in his wife's corner, who's mm-hmm. going to be fighting for Bellator. But, yeah, it's quite a lot. Yeah, man, look, quite the show. And so we talked about this. Um, also, So I feel like I have a general idea of your answer. Mm-hmm. When I think about Bellator, because last year, I know they had good fights and all that. They got things moving along, particularly with the Bantamweight Grand Prix. I, I guess the question is, you know, everyone's talking about this. Is PFL overtaking Bellator? We're not talking about mm-hmm. UFC. That's a different conversation. But is PFL, you know, starting to take over the conversation? And what does Bellator have to do to kind of keep the up-and-comer, you know, off of them in the race? These nope. last three events, I want to just commend them. I feel like they did a good job. Get One, this card was pretty well stacked, objectively speaking. Maybe not as promoted as the fight on CBS, but okay, like there's a lot to like on this card. I've noticed they stacked it, adding MVP late, for example. Loved it. Um, I will say this. Are they trending in the right direction? Yes. I don't know. I, I guess I, I still feel there's something missing for them to keep PFL, who is doing all of this amazing stuff, 
from overtaking them. What about you? Uh, dude, that PFL making the million dollar tournament changed the game for who's number two. Um, it really did because you know, obviously in the UFC, don't ever do that. Well, very unlikely they'll do that. Uh, instead, they'll start to do something like you know, power slap or you know, shank kick or something dumb. But you know, it's, it is what it is. Dana should be thinking about the tournament, in my opinion. But um, that PFL million dollar tournament game changer because then Bellator had to like match it right. Uh, now, now they have their tournament, lightweight tournament for a million dollars. I was a banning weight and the light heavyweight one for a million bucks, too. Uh, yeah, the only one that wasn't a million was the first one for heavyweights. Okay, yeah. well, they, there you go. So now you're talking about free agents, man. Like, uh, Shane Burgos just made a business decision, left the UFC, went to PFL, trying to get the million dollar, million dollar tournament payday. Uh, you know, uh, he's really good, so I, I don't doubt that he that he'd get there. But, um, I think with Bellator, my problem I've always had with Bellator is and i'm not sure if it's their fault or not but where are you broadcasting it seems like every time that i know there's a card coming i have to look up to see where i can watch it is it paramount is it this is it showtime is it that like where am i watching this whole card uh you know is it, is it youtube like back in the day remember belter cards used to be the whole thing was on youtube yeah so it was um that's my problem with them and you know they have a rough time promoting stars it's just for some reason like they should be blasting social media with MVP highlights, in my opinion, right? Just even when he's not fighting, just MVP, bah, just throw it out there, let people see highlights of him. You know, uh, they Usman's 24 years old, Nurmaga Madoff. He's 24 years old, right? Promote him. But they've always had a hard time promoting guys. No one knew about Michael Chandler, really, like as far as, I mean, the hardcore, you and I, you know, the ones that watch every, basically, most fights, knew about him. But the casuals didn't know about Iron Mike Chandler until he went to the UFC. Right, they didn't know about uh, Eddie Alvarez until he went to the UFC, and and uh, you know he's the underground king for a reason because no one knew about him, and so it's just to me it's just the, the, they just don't push their fighters enough, whether it's social media and all this stuff. Like the, what the UFC, to my opinion, does really well um, is is promote uh, on social media, right? Promote on social media, um, it helps that they're the biggest promotion in the world, obviously, but promote on social media, push. So I think I just I wish Belter had more hustle. To put stuff out, man. I really do. And would I say PPL's overtaking them? No. But I would go to I would go as far as to say they're two A two B with one championship trying to make their uh, US their US debut in on uh, May 5th, um, in in in, uh, in Broomfield, Colorado, right outside of Boulder. Uh, you know, they're they're trying to make a push too. So it's just uh I'll say this for the fans, it's great, right? Good competition, a lot of good fights. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Bellator, it, it's hard for me to even put the finger on what I want mm -hmm. them to do because it almost feels like I want to suggest little things, but then I admit to myself it's not enough. Like, all right, for example, every event, it's like the same cut and paste poster on their website. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's something. It's like, well, they start to feel repetitive, right? Okay, that's one. They do have a decent highlight. You know, if I go on Bellator social media, I'll find stuff on Benson, mm -hmm. Usman, MVP, like it's there. I think that they just need a little bit, almost like a bit of a facelift, like a new coat of paint. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, uh, I think that they, like you said, I think that tournament element kind of takes away from a little bit of the competitiveness of Bellator's divisions, because I think top to bottom, like if you look at one, PFL has a smaller roster. So I think they feel like there's more investment in the guys they do have. Bellator, you know, if it's like UFC has the most, PFL has the least, Bellator's right in the middle. 
top, you know, one through 10, not as stacked as anywhere else. And I think what that hurts P- Bellator is when they're trying to have events and promote guys, you sometimes get the feeling like they are not promoting necessarily the best of the best all of the time. Not saying guys don't go in there to scrap, not saying they're not obviously out there and a threat on any given night like any professional is. But objectively, when you look at all the talent in either promotion, PFL with less guys, I think there's more um, more parity into who could win the tournaments, for example. Bellator, it feels like outside of a few weight classes, like lightweight. Up until this year, it was like Michael Chandler, Patricio Patricki, and everybody else. Like Brent Primus, kind of, still working his way up. Other guys working their way up but it was like a three horse race at lightweight for like three years now. Mm-hmm. PFL is so much more parody. Oh, and yeah. so I do think that there is just a level of that, that Bellator is struggling to overcome when they're promoting events and getting fans uh, invested in it. But once again, like what they did with Rafion Stotts and Sabatello, I think it was great. If Perfect. I was a casual, I would have thought that was the final, the way they're promoting it. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. They've fallen off with the, Rafion Petchy Mix, but I get it. This is a very stacked time in MMA. A lot of things are getting lost in the shuffle. Um, you brought it, you touched on it a little bit with UFC and with Power Slap. I did want to ask you before we move on to other stuff. Did UFC suffer from going head, not head to head, but from running at the same time as Power Slap on Saturday? Did you feel like, let's just put it bluntly, UFC was like, if there were six posts in an hour, it was like three UFC, three power slap. They were making sure everyone knew it's not just UFC today, it's power slap. Did UFC suffer? I'm going to say no. Um, I think that was, I think the UFC, or I, I don't know. I don't know who owns power slap. I don't know how that, the background works on that. But that was, that was to me, that was Dana pushing power slap kind of like through UFC. The way politicians like, you know, they, they, they make these bills that's supposed to help people, but they add some shady stuff in the middle and that you don't even think about. You're like, ah, oh, I don't want to do that. But then you get all this stuff. Oh, we might as well do it. Right. It's that kind of thing. Like in between the posts, you know, UFC posts and all that, they were putting power slap stuff. Um, that's to pump up the numbers. Now it, it makes me laugh because we were talking, uh, and, um, you know, a couple of the guys and I were talking about it, uh, not too long ago about, uh, rumble, right. So rumble being the, the, for lack of a better term, the conservative or the right wing YouTube, right? So they did it on that. And if you went to it, and I think you're the one that told me the number. It was uh, it was like they had like 3,000 people watching at one time, like yeah. at most. At the end of the day, it did like two point something million views. I don't know how legit those are. You know, I don't know how that works with, for Rumble. Um, but I think Dana came out and said that it was like a 30 some million million impressions, which doesn't really mean anything. But the number looks nice for them to promote it. So you'll see it didn't suffer. No, if anything, Power Slap, you know, uh, um, benefited from uh, from going at the same time. And uh, I think I saw, you know, fellow journalist John Morgan um, from the UG. He went to Bellator, flew to Vegas, flew back home to Vegas, caught UFC, and then went to Power Slap. Like the UFC Power Slap right there is enough. Right. It kind of was right in the UFC coattails. So uh, I'll be completely honest. I haven't watched that one episode of Power Slap and, and not because I don't like I was I wouldn't do it if it was on. I just don't have time to do it. So um, I think Alex went to to the Power Slap one. He said it's crazy live, which I'm sure it's a lot of fun. But 
It's just it's not for me personally. Yeah, I think that um here's the thing. I almost felt like it was a you felt a little engorged on the mm-hmm. food yeah. on social media because if UFC does like they do way more than this. Ten posts a day about UFC. They gave you your ten posts to UFC because they had an event, but then they mm-hmm. gave you like another ten for power slap, and it was like my feed was just UFC power slap, and it was yeah. like like uh, all right, too much. Like I get it, and remember, like for us, we are paid to do this. We have financial gain, and I don't mean like from the UFC or you know mm-hmm. slap and all that, but what I mean is we have a job where we, you know, when there's more events, we make more money. Let's just mm-hmm. put it like that. And so, like, one, I'm aware of all of this stuff. Your mm-hmm. normal fan who doesn't even watch every UFC could have cared less. Yeah. And I think that's something to be said. All right, they were really trying to get the word out. Um, numbers on socials, I want to know about audience retention. Like, oh, X amount of views overall. Did all of them stay or did all of them click on it and then realize they want to go somewhere else and click off? Only they know. Only they will tell. They probably won't. So let's leave it at that. But my point of that is that I do feel like at a certain point, it almost felt like too much. Like, I think UFC was fine because the event popped off. I think Power Slap, they got the word out. But I almost felt like as a fan, I almost got so much of it because the content was, I don't usually say this, even though this happens a lot. It was aggressively (laughs) on my feed this week. And look, I get it. UFC and Dana, look, obviously he used that platform. They did the Power Slap press conference um, the same day as Media Day because, Mm. hey, media is all already there. They may not show up a day early to do Power Slap, but if I do it on the same day, you guys are already here. You're going to do it. All of that was done. It happened Mm. in December. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the Power Slap guys, you know, men and women. They seem really cool, really chill. Uh, no one was out there telling me power slaps the biggest things, the best thing since sliced bread. They're just telling me, hey, I got this opportunity. I get to make money. I'm making the most of it. I can never hate on that. Who could? But I, I will say the power slap, it was really aggressive in my face. And even I was like, all right, even I'm ready to change the channel. It's been a long day. So, no, I'm with you on that, dude. And, and, uh, cause I, I, I was, I looked, I looked on the, um, as far as the, uh, you talking about the, the viewer retention. I know, like you like just like you and I both know you 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 handle the YouTube stuff as well. It's uh you get to see how much like the average time that people actually st- like watched they even watched. That's the number that just like you are. That's the number that I'm very curious about as far as that uh, two point some million viewers and and the impressions and all that. So uh, I don't know. It's interesting time to to uh to do something like power slap for for Dana. It's it definitely feels like it's being forced down our throats a little bit or a lot of it. But um, you know, it is what it is. I did see uh some some of the media didn't stick around for the power slide conference. I wonder how Dana took that, but th- th- very, very small pivot on that. I and maybe I was I, I'm like misremembering everything. Did Dana say he was gonna come out with some video like making fun of the media again and messing with the media again for for uh for kind of uh you know downplaying or or, or being negative about power slap? Oh yeah, he said it. I'm waiting for it. I want to see it so bad. Like we're not, we're definitely not on it, but I just want to see who is. That's just inside of me. The thing right here, right? We all know mm-hmm. the players, right? I want to see who's on it because I want to hit him up. Be like, how do you feel about that? That that'd be a lot of fun. You know what I find funny about that? I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the, I feel like I've seen a lot of people who you feel like UFC actually 
Yeah. Uh, I'll use the word like for want of a better term. Yeah. Also kind of throw their little uh, bucket of water on power slap. So I'm almost like, okay, like this was a little like, guys, you got to admit, like I was seeing like MMA junkie. I'll say yeah. it. I, I don't remember the writer. I don't even know if it was like a community post, but I read that thing and they were saying yeah. no matter how nice they make power slap look, it's always going to look like something the Three Stooges came up with on a Friday <laughs> night. And I was like, you telling me that whoever wrote that doesn't make the list because they're MMA junkie? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, okay, you know what? All right, I guess we're doing that. But look, I mean, if you want to say it, look, I, it wasn't always my cup of tea, but I like, I'm never against people. Like right. they said, Dana himself, these are grown men and women. Mm -hmm. No one put a gun to their head. They're like, hey, do you want to make some money doing this and be on TV? I'm never going to hit on a guy for having that. Exactly. I'm glad they got paid. I'm glad they got to be on TV, right. have their moment, 15 seconds of fame, make some money, get the cool belt at the house. Love it for them. Really nice guys. I want to reiterate that. But it's like, man, there's just so much out there on PowerSlap. It's yeah. like, man, close your eyes and point. You'll find somebody who said something. Exactly. No, and you know, that video is going to be like 90% BE or bloody elbow. And then like 10% everybody else, or like the, the few that they sprinkle in there, but it's going to be all heavy bloody elbow. It's like, I know a lot of those guys that work over there. So I'm just like, I can't wait for that video to come out and be like, Hey man, uh, did you make it? Did you make the cut? <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, and he's doing a season two in Russia. And I'm like, is this like, what's it called? It's like Eagle FC is only operating overseas now. And I'm like, I don't understand the appeal of that outside of like, okay, well, you know, once again, it's going to be on all their channels, but okay, I guess, you know, I mean, like I said, wait and see. But to me, that just sounds like, okay, well, I'm sure that'll be if season one was whatever. I can only imagine how people will feel about season two when everyone's working through a translator. <laughs> yeah the trends would be funny but he's gonna go over to russia and they'll be doing power slap stuff and next door they'll be doing you know uh you know uh, uh what are they, what are they doing? they're doing like compact car jujitsu and then <laughs> they do what's the other one they did uh they brought up like one of those um freighter like they put on on, on trains and on on semi trucks those big oh, yeah. cargo things they, yeah. they bring it up in the, uh, above a lake right and then two dudes fall on uh, fight on that and you either get knocked out submitted <laughs> you go i think the whole way or you fall off like, oh my lord! I'm telling you, I don't want Dana anywhere near Russia. He'll see one of those things and be like, "I can make it happen." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's just—I mean, look, how—how uh, the—how someone with money chooses to spend it is not my business. Whether he has a lot or a little bit, mm -hmm. so it's like, you know what? Do what you do. But um, yeah, for sure. As someone who saw that the feed had to have a balance, I was like, yeah, there yeah. was quite a lot of impact but on. On people who don't watch it, even look, I, I I won't knock anybody for doing what they do on, on the Rolls Royce, okay? But if you buy a brand new Rolls Royce and you put some like crappy aftermarket rims on it, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna say you're silly. Don't get mad <laughs> at me for saying your car looks silly, okay? Fair enough, Eddie. Fair enough. Um, Eddie, you know what? So let, let, before we talk about UFC 286 uh, double header, you know what? Um, you and I work together. Let's talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the business of running a website. So. Uh, I'll tell you this. What's the number one thing? You, you, what's the number one thing you think people don't realize about running a website like a cage side press? Well, they don't realize how much time, <laughs> how much time goes into this thing, man. Like, uh, 
Yeah, all anyone sees is the posts, you know, obviously the, the, the website, they'll see the social media stuff, they see the Twitter stuff, they see, you know, stuff on YouTube and everything, but it's it's super time consuming. And um, if I didn't love it, I, I wouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know this, like we're not, we're not, you know, we're not owned by a Vox or we're not owned by, an, you know, a Disney or anything crazy, right? So we're doing this because we love it and because we're trying to make something happen out of it, right? You and I, everyone on the, on the site does. But you're talking, all right, so let's just go off a, like a regular pay-per-view. Like you just went to 85, right? So yeah. uh, Wednesday's media day, and you know media day on a pay-per-view is a long day, right? And for a site our size, we're not really getting front row, right? And sometimes like you got put in the way back, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we're lucky we get in the middle or in the second or third row. We're extremely lucky and incredibly grateful, by the way, UFC, if you're watching this, we're very or listening to this. We're very grateful for waiting for you guys' help. But um, it's uh Tiger's on me today. If if you know, for example, if, if we go cover, if I go cover, you go cover, you know, the other ones at home doing whatever we gotta do with the video, right? Or or, or vice versa. Like, so let's just go with 285. You went, all the video came in. Uh, great work by the way I, I always enjoy when you go because you, you you ask really good questions and, and the video is always good um but it's like the writing the scrums afterwards that takes between me and, and jay anderson uh, uh you know very very good guy by the way jay anderson one of my favorite people but um you know between me and jay we're writing up those that usually goes till about thursday because it's a lot of it's a lot of work to to put together then thursday you know you go to the presser you get clips or you get photos whatever put those up friday is wayne's in the morning and then you got to go to the venue for the, for the, I call them the fake wins, but the ceremonials. Yep. Then we do all that stuff, photos, stuff like that, video, whatever you got, put it up. Fight night is a whole nother monster. Cause on a pay-per-view, for example, not only do you get the fight, the winners, you get the guest guys. You got Michael Chandler, you got uh, Aaron Blanchfield, I believe, yep. um, over in Vegas this last week. So, and then, so those scrums start that night and then go into, you know, Sunday, we finish those off. Then they got to do the graphics and post them on everything and schedule. You're talking, you know, 10 plus hour days pretty much every day um, other than like, you know, Monday, Tuesday. So it's uh, it's time, time, time consuming. Outside of that, you know, goal setting, you know, I want to be able to get staff positions on this thing as fast as soon as I can. Um, sponsorships. I, I I constantly like in my in my, my day job, right, my my, uh, my day job. Um, I do a lot of business and stuff like that. So I know how to talk to companies about sponsorships and stuff like that. So I reach out constantly trying to get somebody to just give us a chance on that. And, um, and then, you know, end of the day, you know, we're, we're, we're cool with guys like John Morgan and Mike Bond and, you know, from, from junkie and um, like everybody else that goes there, Oscar and all those guys. Um, but we're, comp we're, we're competitors. We're competing. Right. So, yeah. To, I'm I'm a very competitive person. I, I hate 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 to lose, you know. So, it's it's you know to build yourself up. It's it's a rough it's rough goings at times, but it's just time consuming, man. And and uh, and I'm a very I'm very much into quality over quantity, like very much into quality. So you know, I really do appreciate like your work and, and Jay goes, I go. You know, um, you know when when we go when we go cover, I really do appreciate all the work for for the quality and stuff like that, but. Um, I've been doing, I've been running it for what, like over, I think a couple of years two now. Two years now. Yeah. Coming up on years. two. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, the whole thing is, uh, <laughs> it's time consuming, but again, if I didn't, if I didn't love it, I I, I wouldn't do it. And, uh, and, and, you know, the plus having been, being able to, 
to meet really cool people like like yourself, like uh, like Alex Behunin, Jay Anderson, uh, uh, Val, uh, Theo, Theo, Jamie, Theo, who's going to 286 for us this week in in the UK. Like, love it. Yeah, I do. I get to know people from everywhere, and that to me is a relationships is is, is like uh, the icing on the cake for everything. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you said it like that time consuming. I, I think if there's one thing I would tell people, like when people ask, like, hey, you know. How do you start this? How do you get this and that? And it's like, I get it. Everyone wants to go to UFC. When I was at their level, I wanted that. That was like the goal, right? To, it felt like my my job life would start when I started getting UFC completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I see these guys coming up and they have websites and they're doing this. They got their camera. They got the, and I'm like, you know, I wish you would know how much time like, okay, everyone wants to go to a Conor McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. If I told so many of these guys hey do you want to cover it for us they couldn't push each other out of the way fast enough if i said hey i need you to go to bellator over here ufc fight night here that let's be honest is not as nice as 285 was last week right i uh i'm you know suddenly it's like to ask someone to make that time commitment right. for with a smaller <laughs> event i i swear it is the people who are down for that when they realize how much is involved and how little financially they may gain from it. Because let's be honest, not everyone can pay you like a junkie or MMA fighting. Right. Quite bluntly, that's why they have such talented staffs. Mm-hmm. You know, full disclosure, like they have a great team over there. They have guys who earn those positions. Completely get it. it. I think people don't realize that. I think they just see like, hey, you get, you must make this much money and you must make this much off everything. And I'm like, doesn't even work that way. Nope. And then when you add into it, you know, people talk about the pay-per-view nights and I'm like, okay, you got to remember, I was up at, I had to be at Apex, for example, for a pay-per-view at 8 a.m. for weigh-ins to get my spot. That might go 8 to, let's say, 11 or 12 if guys need to take that extra hour to weigh in. Okay, Mm -hmm. then two hours, go to the T-Mobile or MGM, wait about another three to one, have my spot. Weigh-ins running late, weigh-ins finish, etc. Get back to my car. So, all right, that's a long Friday. Saturday, I'll be at T-Mobile at 1, 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. I may leave after all my scrums are uploaded to YouTube at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. After working this long week of long hours. And I, I look, I love it. I got to talk to John Jones after he regained, or sorry, won the title. It's an amazing job objectively, but I can't tell you that it's all sunshine and roses when I'm hitting 1230, everyone's left. It's cold. Mind you, it's March. I've done that in December. It Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good walking out of there at 12 at night. People may never, ever realize that until they're in it. And then there's the, you know, I have to get myself to Vegas. I've had to get myself to London, get myself to Miami. Guess what? It doesn't always feel good. Mm-hmm. I wake up early. I kind of, you got to go through all of the struggle of travel. By the way, not that I hold this against you. I'm not flying first class. <laughs> go listen to my show about how, how bad it was to get to London. I, it was not, it, let me tell you something. I was not entirely <laughs> sure I would make it off of the plane. It got bad. Anyway, it, all of that. <laughs> That's just kind of, let's be honest, you are hurting your health bar before you even speak a word. <laughs> Dude, you went to Fight Island. 
It was 16 hours. I don't sleep you... on planes either, and that's <laughs> anyone else's fault but mine. But yep. it's I remember you told me you told me about how you, someone tried to take your seat or something like that. You're like, hell no. <laughs> oh yeah, I stood my ground. <laughs> That's, that story's so damn funny. We oh were, man, we were packed like sardines yeah. in, to a level. And mind you, can I be honest? Um, I'm not gonna out his name. I've seen him several times. God bless him. This like very tall UFC security guy. Yeah. Uh, very exhausted from his week as we all were. Probably had been there a long time. I swear, he lays down in one of the back rows. He takes like five, six seats of an aisle, like the middle yeah. section himself. Um, and I was like bro like you know how many people are fighting for seats right now and you're you know okay whatever it, it was just a lot don't get me started on london like yeah like uh, 200 teenagers all oh, like right. euro trip oh i remember that story oh i was laughing so hard i felt so bad dude ten, 10 hours they never shut up they set off the smoke alarm in the bathroom um everything you'd go through all this before you start a week of work mind you yeah. adjust to the time change people who want to get involved in a website it's not just oh i get to stand next to john morgan and ask a question right. it is so much more long hours and i think that's something if you really want to work in this business one you gotta love it because if you're not making money quickly you're gonna realize that it's the love of the game that fuels you more than the money or the opportunities at first because i've done a ton of ufc events i've enjoyed all of them there are times when i've seen you know and had to settle for the fact that hey i didn't get to do everything i always wanted hey and that's the same for everybody i'm sure you could ask a a junkie or a fighting or a oh, mac sure. life they've had things happen that didn't work out perfectly it's part of the business so if you're not making those financial returns on it quickly be aware that that's part of the that's part of the struggle just like hey you want to work at a ufc it's not going to be your first event mm -hmm. i tell people all the time i did like the year before I did a UFC event, I must have done like over a dozen between local events, regional, Bellators. I did Golden Boy MMA. I was doing Combate Americas, now Combate Global. All of that before I got a UFC event. And it's yep. like all of that was the same time, effort, money. You know, it's just because you have a this or that off the bat doesn't mean that, mm. oh, well, I'm ready for UFC 280 something. Dude, I get I'm not even kidding. Minimum, minimum about 10 emails a day from, uh, uh, or every couple of days from people that want to, you know, I want to, I want to start, you know, I want to, I want to write for you guys. I want to cover stuff and this like that. And so I'll pick out a couple that look promising. I, I, I'll do, I do better with someone. Like if someone that you refer or somebody that, that's, that, that on the team that refers somebody, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them first, obviously. Right. But I've talked to people before and they're like, I'll be like, all right, cool. And I like to do video chat because I, I want to see your face. I want to see how you react when I say things, I, you know, your, 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 you know, not body language, but your facial language, whatever, you know, cause a lot, you say a lot without talking. Right. Yeah. So I've had nine times out of 10, I'll get on here for like 20 minutes. I'll be like, Hey, all right. So, so you know, what are you trying to do? And they're always like, I want to go cover a UFC. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, uh, what kind of equipment do you have? Cause I, I can't provide you anything. And they're like, Oh, I have uh, and they'll hold up like, they're, they're, oh, I have my phone. <clears throat> I'm like, bro, I need, I need something better than that. And then, you know, I'm like, all right, look, well, if they do have some equipment, even if it's, you know, all right, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do a bunch of, let's do a few PFLs and Bellators or Invicta if they're around you <clears throat> and, uh, uh, and go from there. Right. And that 
scrapes everybody away. <laughs> I've only had one guy stick around, and uh, um, and he's gonna be uh, hopefully helping us out with the East Coast stuff, maybe. But excuse me, real quick, I, I gotta drink water, dude. I'm no, absolutely. And yeah, and I think that's something that's a little heartbreaking while you, you know, replenish over there is that like, I get it. I used to be the same way. Yeah. And I know there's been a rise in the the cell phone media, you know, yes. you your iPhone 12, 13, 14 on a selfie stick and you see guys doing content and it does a ton of views. Yeah, uh, there's the way we run things and the way we make our content is just not. I get it. It's very cost efficient. If you're a guy coming up, that's not what we do. When you talk about right. cameras that need to plug into audio and all that, mm -hmm. because we want that, we want that, we want quality work, obviously, right? So, uh, yeah. I mean, we're journalists. Like, we're trying to keep it. <clears throat> we're not trying to be TMZ, which is not. So, you're not going to see a lot of the cell phone stuff. You know, like I was at <clears throat> at uh, Paul Silva when Nate Diaz and the team walked by Jake Paul's the locker room and started stuff with him, right? Uh, you know, Nate slapped somebody. I put that video out and it was cool. It was a nice moment. You know, KSI got a lot of uh, recognition. It also got stolen by a bunch of people and made a lot more views on theirs for whatever reason. But, um, you know, but it's a, it's a rough job that you need to really, really love to in order to, one, do it and do it right, but get anything out of it. Like, I marked out at 278 when I got to ask Jose Aldo if uh, if that that fight with Marab it was Marab um, if that fight was uh, uh, for you know the next fight if he wins that fight should he go for a title shot next he goes that's the only way when I said hey Jose over here he looked at me like I had like a fanboy moment for like a second it was uh, <clears throat> it's that kind of thing that happens too but you know. It's uh, oh man, I, it's a fun job, but it's a job. You know what I mean? And so we do our best to to get content out there and, and the best content we can and and break news where we can. And and uh, I think for a site like ours, I, I, the size that it, that it is, besides like, you know, big money coming in from somewhere to help us out, um, it's going to have to be doing something different than everybody else does. And that's the thing that I tell everyone. People ask me all the time, like, you know, how do I, like, I, okay, I'll give you an example. I, I'm a journalism major, right? or I graduated from University of Arizona with my broadcast journalism degree. I did hard news for uh, for years. I know how hard that job is. I know how little it pays too, by the way. Not enough to, uh, it's barely enough to have a fully furnished studio apartment in Tucson, Arizona, okay? Not enough money. So, you know, it's difficult. I have, I have a friend that has a, has, a, has a daughter that wants to be a journalist. And, you know, he's like, hey, can you talk to her? I'm like, all right, cool. She, you know, they came over. I talked to her and she was like, I was like, what do you want to know? She was like, is it like the best job ever? And I said, yes, it's the greatest job you could have if you're okay not being rich, right? And she was just like, well, where does the money go? And I'm like, look, if you want to make money in this, in this space, you got to be a talking head, you know? You're not really a journalist at that point. Let's, look. I give Ariel all the credit in the world for being the first guy, right? And the biggest guy, obviously. But a lot of what he does is talking head type of stuff, right? And so, um, Manju, he does really well. <laughs> like, you don't get to where he is without being good at that, right? He, he was he did journalism for a while. And I totally get that. But, but there's a difference between the journalism he does and then the talking head stuff he does, right, on his show. So And it pays his bills. It pays his bills. Which I think is a bills. great point, yeah. 
when he, you know, whatever, whether he left or he got kicked out of ESPN, um, I, 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 I was clapping for him when he went to like eight different mediums now or eight different spaces. That's genius. You're everywhere. Well, he did AEW or AEW and then WWE and they got mad at him and, and everyone's like, oh, they're mad at you now. You never go back to AEW. Mm-mm, dude, they're talking about it. Yeah, and now he's in at boxing and in at that. Yeah, and, and uh, I completely get what you're saying. My yeah. my biggest advice I always give when people mm-hmm. ask me, one, I heard this and sadly it's true. You kind of got to love it so much you would do it for free because quite right. bluntly, those are the people who will eventually be getting paid to do it. I mean, and I think, one, that's true of many businesses, ours as well, even right. if, and I get it. If you have YouTube on your phone and you have good Wi-Fi, you could take a video, have it on the net within like two minutes. Mm-hmm. I get it. Everyone could create content now. So that's what makes our space more competitive. But two, and, you know, we'll fin- we'll get to our pay-per-view now because I know fans probably like, man, I'm getting all the ins and outs of <laughs> other podcasts. They're breaking if, the fourth wall. <laughs> if you're coming up, I would say find the most efficient way to do the part of the job you want to do the most. You want to do a lot of interviews? Focus on doing that. And here's the thing. I'll tell you from experience. If you're out there trying to focus on getting those interviews on camera, like let's say a schmo or, you know, like these, like a Megan O'Leary, you know, Laura Sanko, Heidi Andrew, all of them. Guess what? The opportunities you're looking for, you're probably not going to find when you're working a UFC pay-per-view fight week. Mm -hmm. And so if you have an opportunity to do one or the other, I get it. Everyone wants to go to UFC. You have to acknowledge the fact that you're probably going to have to forego a lot of that to do that part of the job that you want to do the most. And I tell you that from experience. But yeah, find a way to do that because if you're always trying to do well on this business, I got to do a dozen articles and a dozen podcasts and interviews and this and that. Let me tell you something. If you're not making money, that fire is going to burn out quickly. I've seen it. I've felt it myself at times Mm -hmm. in me. I've seen it in so many of my uh, friends who have I came up in this business with. So finding a way to do the part of the job you want to do the most that you could work into your routine as much as possible. That's the easiest, most efficient way to grow, because if it's just I'm going to go balls to the wall on everything every week. If you're not seeing returns, that stuff gets very difficult very quickly. You start to question your love for it. And that's always the easiest way to lose your passion for what you really want to do. So that's always my advice, especially mm-hmm. if you want to work for a cage side press. We let me tell you something. If you found a guy who's like, I just love writing up the news all the time. We got spots go. for you. Yes, sir. <laughs> so many websites have a spot for you and you oh, could yeah. probably make good money doing it. So if you want that, don't be afraid to say it. Cause trust me guys, it's a spot if you really love MMA. So that's mm-hmm. my advice, but it doesn't always have to be, Oh, I got to do everything. I am a person who's done everything, who still does a lot. And let me tell you something. It's not always easy. Eddie, you know, it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's, 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 uh, it's rough. Right. And and again, you know, big ups to, 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 you know, to yourself, you handle a lot of our YouTube stuff, uh, most of it. And, and, uh, you know, and Jay being like the freaking, uh, He's like, uh, I don't know. He's like, you ever watch Power Rangers back in the day? Of course. He's, he's like Zordon. He's, like, he's our Zordon. He's a hundred percent our Zordon. Like every time, like you know, because I'm, 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 you know, doing my best to lead this thing, and 
And, uh, you know, and I ran into spots when I hit him up. I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? Like he's, you and honestly, Jay and yourself, you guys are like my confidants and stuff, right? If I need to, if I need a second set of eyes or, is, you know, someone else to, to, you know, a fresh mind to think about something, I'm like, hey, this is going down. What do you, this is the idea. What do you think? Right. I do it all the time. And, and, um, and it helps to have a team. Like it's, like I said, it's very hard to do it yourself. I know guys that run websites by themselves. I mean, shoot, we get followed. I tell you right now on, on, on Instagram, Twitter, we get followed constantly by oh, so-and-so MMA podcast and this MMA website and all this stuff. And you go to their, to their bio. Cause I do, I do go check those. And it says like, oh, the best, you know, coverage in MMA, number one, this, not great. Cool. Go for it. Absolutely use those monikers. They go for like three weeks and then nothing, like nothing. The website's gone. Instagram hasn't been posted in for who knows how long. Twitter, same thing. So um, having a team is, is huge. It's massive. Right. And so, um, you know, but keep an eye out for us, people. We're coming up. I'm telling you right now, we're going to be, we're going to be big. It might take a little bit of time, but we're going to get there. Yeah, and for fans, you know, shameless plug. Uh, every week we got UFC, Bellator, one championship. I mean, we got about as one stop a shop as you can have yep. for all of the promotions. So, really, what more could you want? Uh, same videos everyone else does. You know, outside of you know, I, and I get it. You want to hear some of the other guys in the business. You know, much love. I like mm -hmm. listening to a lot of them too. So, but yeah. Media days, we got just about everything from every major organization. Right. Go check it out. We get interviews best we can. But yeah, so if you're an up and coming reporter, I feel like you got a good, you know, slice of the start of the business. Yes, sir. Uh, Eddie, let's knock this out. Doubleheader right. from London, the O2 Arena. Nice place, let me tell you. It's like, did you know? I thought it was like the Staples Center. It's like an really? arena built into like a mega shopping mall. Nice. Yes, it is so cool. I've never seen that. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Let me tell you some YouTube it. That place is mm -hmm. sick. Anyway, I didn't even get to explore it. I was so busy. It broke my heart. Anyway, yeah. um, doubleheader. London crowd is ready. Uh, let's start bottom up. Justin Gaethje, Rafael Fazeev. Um, uh, all I, one word, banger. Oh, Rafael, yeah. win streak right now. Beautiful Muay Thai looking to have his big breakthrough to get into that conversation later this year about probably a title eliminator for Justin Gaethje. He's like your favorite, favorite flavor ice cream at this point. You know what you're going to get. You know, you're going to like it. I think that this is the first time since he joined the UFC where I'm like, you know, this is kind of his make or break moment. He's been popular. He's had big fights. He's been clearly called upon once again to be the big fight on a card. But Justin Gaethje in a must win here because it's like, hey, you want to talk about getting back to a title fight. You're talking about Benil's ahead of you. You're talking about potentially Charles is ahead of you. Uh, Connor, Michael Chandler. You're trying to stay in the hunt with these guys, Dustin Poirier, that really to fall to a guy like Rafael Fazeev at this stage of the lightweight division would almost bump you out of the picture for like the next year or so if he doesn't get a good one. So I really think that that is a very interesting one. Like I just said, you know what Rafael needs out of this one? What are your thoughts on the fight? Hey, hey, first of all, like I said, banger. Like when I heard about this fight, I was like, yes, thank you. And it's a co-main event. So it's it's, it's going to get all the eyeballs, it's going to get all the uh, the attention and everything. So it's great. But um, for Fazeev, it's it's adding a massive name that's still relevant. That's the key point, right? Because a name can age. So if you, if, if Fazeev fought 
you know, thank God it was not going to happen. But if Aziz, if Aziz uh, fought Donald Cerrone at 55, like, yeah, okay, cool. You beat Donald Cerrone, but you beat him at whatever, 40 some years old, whatever he is right now, and, you know, beat up and after being retired and all that. But Justin Gaethje is a name still in the hunt, still relevant. And it'd be a massive feather in the cap for Rafael Fazeev for that case for for for, uh, for a contender uh, number one contender fight. But for Justin Gaethje, you're right. It, it's kind of it might even be his last yeah you know last shot at a, at a UFC title. I'm not sure what his contract looks like. I'm not sure what he's thinking about. You know how long he's going to fight and all that. But he's taking a lot of damage. So it's uh, it might be I want to say make a break for Justin, but it might be uh, make a break for his title hopes, just like you said. But Fazeev has a lot more to gain in this one. He's going to be raring to go. Yeah, I think it's a really fun one. Um, obviously, if Justin Gaethje decides to grapple, that could be the difference in a three-round banger. I expect both of them to be really ready. I actually think Justin Gaethje needs to use more weapons because I think out in the middle of the octagon at mid-range, mm-hmm. you got to favor a guy like Fazeev. Um, There's just more tools he's comfortable and experienced using. Not that Justin Gaethje isn't fantastic, not that he doesn't have that one-shot stopping power, but this is also Fazeev's fight, and I think that you want to talk about efficient ways to get to victory. It's using some grappling if you're Justin Gaethje. Um, It's hard for me to say I'm not going with a guy like Justin. I love watching that dude so much. It's just great television. I just feel like Fazeev at this particular juncture, he's just hitting his stride in a way that's hard for me to pick against him. If it's not against this super grappler like a uh, Mahachev or Benil or a Charles, yeah, no, I gotta that, say I'm favoring Fazeev. What about you? Me too, me too. Uh, he's and he's on a roll. He's he's twelve and one. He's only lost in the UFC once against Mustafaev, and he got caught with a spitting, uh, spitting back kick. I think he got caught with from from uh, Mustafaev and, and, like and knocked him too, out like in the first and, round, real fast, like real fast. Was even see, and that's the way you catch Fazeev. You gotta you gotta go off before he does and catch him. So. Uh, and no one, no one else is after 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 Magomed has been able to do it. Um, uh, he beat uh, Bobby Green. The decision he knocked yeah. out Brad Riddell, which was huge. All right, seeing that, getting to see that in person was wild. There, I was like, "Yo, what just happened with this guy?" So, um, but he, he you know, this is, that was speeding well kick himself, and he knocked out Brad Riddell, huge win. But the Rafael dos Anjos, I thought the RDA fight was enough to throw him in the in the contender, especially the way he did it. I thought it was uh, it was um, like. That was a fight, the win that was going to get him to the contender status, right? But no, this is this one's going to be it. This one's going to be it, and I, and I, I absolutely favor Fazeev to finish Justin Gaethje in uh, um, I don't know, probably second round or so, because maybe second, third round, because 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 uh, look, Justin for as again as long as he's been fighting and as much damage he's taken, he's still super durable, so he could make it the entire fight. But I, I, I don't know, I'm with it. I got Fazeev in this one, and, and it's it's his time to come up. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about this main event, Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman. When I think about that second fight, I feel like now this, all it does is introduce X-Factors because we've seen guys like uh, Aljamain Sterling, um, Vadim Nemkov. You lose in the fight and you come back and you make so many miraculous adjustments. It's almost unreal that they're the same fighter and they improve even if they were, let's be honest, it it was not their night. They did not have the answers on the previous night. I could see that for Leon Edwards to retain the title. I could see a repeat, and Kamar Usman keeps the hand up, chin down, and makes it out of there with the belt. I could see that too. Um, I think about how much more does Kamar Usman have, you know, 
The last fight, he was one short of tying Anderson Silva's record from completing his own Infinity Gauntlet on the cool UFC <laughs> belt. All of that. How much more? I, I, I do know he is eager to win this fight and get it back against Leon. But if you're thinking about the big picture, I mean, how many more does he see in himself after this? Because it kind of felt like he was looking at, you know, making his way out on top before he lost to Leon. So that does make me question if this turns into another war, where is Kamar Usman at now after all the years at the top of the game? For Leon Edwards, fighting at home, being the hometown hero. Uh, you weren't here. We talked about on last week's show. A lot of the English stars, Aspinall, Patty, Darren, Arnold Allen, they're not going to be there on Saturday. All of the energy is going into Leon Edwards. Mm -hmm. That is big pressure for a guy who's fought so hard to get here. Stylistically, Leon's still so experienced and well-rounded. Kamaru Usman still has all the moves he had in the last fight. Can he execute them to the same level? That's obviously the big question because otherwise we could see a repeat. We could see something dramatically different. What are your thoughts? So I was I was at 278 and I got to see that fight from uh, the, the little secondary media seat, sitting, seat, seats, whatever, seating. Great um, spot, isn't it? It's honestly, <laughs> to me, yeah, honestly, in my opinion, it might be a little, it might be, it's a different vantage point, but it might be a, about the same to me as, as sitting next to, you know, cage side, uh, um, you know, at the media row, right? I just but, care um, that I don't have obstructed view. Like that's what I'm saying. Sometimes in the nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. No, and we had a, we had a pretty good spot, so I wasn't mad about that at all. Um, we even had like tables and stuff for laptops. It was cool. Nice. But um, so anyway, we made it through pretty much the entire fight. Near the end of the fifth round, I was legit packing up my stuff because the the the, the obviously secondary seating, the way back to the media room is a long one. So I was grabbing my stuff. My like, guy, right, this is gonna be decision, whatever. And I grabbed my stuff and I look up just in time to see everybody go jab, head kick, knockout. And I looked around and everyone that's sitting around, is, I, every, all the fans are freaking out. Everyone in the little media section I was at, um, we all had our jaws just drop. Like, did that just happen? That's insane. But it's a great story for Leon Edwards. You're right. All the energy is going to Leon this weekend. All of it. So for him, it's did you make enough improvements in the last how many ever months it's been to basically avoid getting you know not wet blanketed but sort of blanketed by Usman and beat up on the ground and all that for five rounds to get his belt back have you done enough did you learn enough after being in there twice with Usman to be able to to to, to slow down that ground attack but for to me the big the, the pressure's on Usman right for Leon everyone's like okay cool you got you got a you know last second knockout it can happen to anybody anyone gets caught great for Usman it's were you legitimate did you maybe, you know, did, did you maybe face guys that weren't as good? Is, is Jorge as good as we think, you know, that think he is or think he was? Is uh is Colby, is are those wins aged like milk, like spoiled milk, you know? Um, and then on top of that, physically, what can he do? Like we all know Usman's knees are non-existent. They don't work. He doesn't like walking. You know what I mean? He's still, you know, to his to his credit in Denver on top of that, or Colorado of all, of all places. He still puts in the work. He's always coming in great shape. You know, weight's never an issue. Cardio's never an issue. He still puts in the work, but how much longer can he do this? Will a loss on Saturday mean the end of his career? Will he just be like, you know what? I've done enough. I'm out of here. I don't feel like building my way back up for a title. Or I'm going to try and move up to, to 85. You know what I mean? What is the plan from there? So again, to me, all the pressure 
is on Usman, not on Leon. Because Leon, Leon go in there, get taken down, get beat up, and be like, okay, cool. This is what would have happened at 278 had Leon not caught him, right? So, um, again, to me, all the pressure on Usman. As far as picking somebody, man, like, this is one of those, like, heart and head picks for me. My heart says Leon. Leon, Leon. It goes in there, stuff to take, stuff to take downs, forces Kamar to stand with him, and then knocks him out. Or, or you know, get, picks him apart on the feet. My head goes, Usman's going to come back with a vengeance. He's hungry. He's pissed off. Chip on his shoulder. Again, all that pressure, all the questions comes in and just dominates Leon. Um, but, but um, man, I'm going to... I'm on contrarian. You've seen the picks, right? When we do the picks on on, on our little chat, we put them up on the website. Yeah. I'm 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 such a contrarian. If everyone's going one way, I go the other, just because I like to be different, right? And kind of a peasant. It worked out for me last week or a couple weeks ago. Alexa Grasso. First of all, I picked Alexa because she's from my hometown, so I, I was never gonna pick against her. But I'm the only one that picked her, so I'm going with that. But uh, I'm going with Leon on this one, man. And and honestly, because I love the story, I love the story of Leon Edwards. Yeah, I think it's it's hard not to want to see good things for him. I just acknowledge, I mean, you're talking about, uh, I know people feel like you got to be Conor McGregor popular. Mm-hmm. You got to be like an Anderson, uh, George St. Pierre, John Jones. I mean, you got to live in legend right now, Kamar Usman. Yeah. I mean, took a, look how long it took someone to break 13 fight win streak. He did it. I mean, his 15-fight win streak is probably going to stand for a long time in UFC, right. too. Um, and then I just think about this, and I just think about, like you said, so much pressure. I do believe in him to get it done. I just feel like a guy like him, how could he not? If he doesn't, I'm not saying it won't be because Leon Edwards didn't prove he's a really talented guy also. But I do feel like... It's going to be hard not to think that, hey, Kamaru was just on top for so long and, you know, what goes up must come down for everybody, right? Just mm-hmm. one of those things. I would hope it's not that just because I feel like Kamaru deserves so much respect for what he's put in, but it's Leon Edwards at home. I kind of want to see it pop off too. So that would be I'm awesome. Torn. Yeah, I'm torn, but I, I'm kind of there. I'm, I'm going Kamaru on this one also. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those fights. Leon Edwards, I think he's going to put up a great fight at home, but I think that Kamaru's grappling, he's going to improve on what he needed to the last time. Right. Yeah, go. probably. <laughs> I mean, look, it's going to be a fun night. Obviously, uh, what is it? Jennifer Maya, Casey O'Neill. You got the return of Joanne Wood. Um, you know, so you got some of the other, you know, English stars out there, but for sure, all of it's going into the pride of Birmingham. Leon Edwards, so I'm looking forward to it. Next week, believe it or not, another great fight night. Chito Vera, Corey Sanhagen, as we sign off, what are the things you like about that fight outside of the breakdown? Uh, uh, I'm salty about that one because that was supposed to be on an Apex card that I covered. It's the reason I went. <laughs> it's the reason I went. Now, we did get Blanchfield uh, uh, beating Jessica Andrade, so, you know, cool. But I was going to see Chito. I, I'm a, I like Chito Vera. That dude's so much fun, and he does not care. He doesn't give enough about anybody's opinion. And he goes in, and honestly, again, remember where he came from, the story that he came from. He did it to for for I to get eye surgery for for his daughter, and now he's like, okay, I got that. What else can I get? Well, now I want the money and the belt. So f everybody, I want everything, right? So I like I love that about him. Um, it's a big fight for both guys. Corey Sahagan, uh, Sahagan just lost. I want to say he took like a short notice fight and lost. Uh, no, he song against Song Yudong. 
Yeah, he, yeah he, so he came right. back and right. it was like it was not going his way until the cut. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, you're right, right. So um he's got a big test in front of him, but a big opportunity. Massive, right? And uh and I feel like they put they moved that fight to, to this card. Either someone got hurt or whatever, or they were just kind of tired of giving Holly home main events. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the thought process was there, but there's a couple really good female fights on here, and that's one of them. Home uh, Kuniskaya, you say whatever you want about the records and what they've done lately and whatever. Kuniskaya coming off uh, giving birth to uh, Ti- him, her, and Tiago Santos. Congratulations on the, on, on the baby. Um, and then Holly Holm, no one knows what's going on with Holly Holm. She's still quiet. No one even knows. And then Andrew Lee uh, Macy Barber is a big fight for the uh, yeah. for the women flyweight. So look, it's 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 it's, well, it's free on ESPN Plus as long as you're paying for it. But um, it's it's honestly well worth the watch. Yeah, I just love uh, Chito Vera in front of an arena. I yeah. think it's a different vibe. Uh, and look, Corey Sanhagen, don't sleep on that guy. He's still so much fun to watch. So mm-hmm. fun television. I can't help but notice they did not uh, end up having Raquel Pennington and Irene right. Aldana. Because right. it's like, well, uh, what's going on with the 135 belt? But that's another story. We'll talk about <laughs> 135ers anyway. Eddie. Um, to put it out there publicly, and I've told many people this privately, um, the work you do as kind of just, uh, I want to make sure I use the right adjective, the efficiency as the leader right now at Cage Side Press and your ability to just kind of, one, let me do what I need to do and just kind of streamline this. It does not go unnoticed. A lot of the, you know, the freedom out there. I kind of get to be my own boss. I'm not reporting to a bunch of people like I see others. You put that faith in me to do it. It doesn't go unappreciated. want to tell you publicly out here on my show. Thank you. I think you're doing great work. Obviously, you have leveled up our social media footprint with the graphics and the time and effort you put into it. Um, And and brother, just... We're, we're going to keep on trucking. This is our train and we're taking it all the way to the station. So just no, thank I, you, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you and your effort. You're working everything in. And again, it's not hard when I have a team like, like yourself, like, uh, like, like Jay and everyone. I mean, I don't have to push anybody. We're all here because we love it. So it's really easy to just be like, Hey, you'll go do what you do. You know, I, I'm, I'm all about creative expression when, it, you know, for like with a lot of that stuff. So, you know, you go to Creed and you want to put in something, do it, dude. Sure, why not? You know what I mean? Have some fun with it, you know? Um, if we're not enjoying what we're doing, what's the point? You know what I mean? What's the point? We Everyone can have a job they hate and do that for as much money as they want. Uh, but if you're doing something that you love, it shows the quality, it shows in the quality, it shows in the effort and everything. And I think you're one of the best out there. And, and, uh, and, and you know, to be honest with you, you always come up when I'm in the media room, always. They ask about you. So uh, uh, believe me, not only do I... Do I do I know and I notice your efforts and your work and everything, but but uh, everyone sees it, right? And just like you know, we saw Alex Behunin, you know, get huge on on, on the online and everything. I, I expect that you will too, um, along with uh, with the guys like you know, like Dylan Rush at some point. He's young, but he'll get there. And um, you know, and a lot of guys on the team have, have bright futures. So I really appreciate you and your effort, dude. I appreciate that very much, man. Thank you. Um, it was a pleasure having you. We'll definitely be inviting you on again. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Natalie will be back next week. Until then, remember, like, comment, subscribe. Till then, have a good one.